Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin. This is Hashem, Feedbacks and Insights, Sheer number 71. We're going to talk today about how to start the conversations of parents to let you know the children know and the teenagers know and how to have them aware and to reach the subject of sexuality and relationships with their children. Now, they, parents are hesitant to broach these subjects of sexuality and relationships with their children. Um, the parents themselves, through the diarist, many of them had no formal or even informal edu- education in these areas. And um, some parents may feel and decide, since we managed, we, we somehow survived, right? We managed without the guidance. Our children and our students will, will manage without the guidance as well. And then you have other parents that would like to talk to their children about this, but they feel too uncomfortable about it or too embarrassed about it or, frankly, even uneducated in these areas, so they choose not to discuss them. And sometimes we use the concept of tzniyas. We say it's not a tzniyastic thing to talk about. And we use that as an excuse to avoid discussing those personal topics with our children, such as relationships and sexuality. Um, So, um, again, a lot of this is taken from a well-researched book by Dr. Yocheva Debo, and it's really, really phenomenal, brings down all angles, and even today when we discuss this, we're not going to have, you know, pat answers, because a lot depends on the circumstances and then on the, you know, tunas of your children and your own tunas, but we're going to go through the various angles of it, and then, you know, hopefully people will gain their knowledge and wisdom on, on how to go about this. And the reason why in our dar it's so important more than previous diaries, that the parents should take a more active role in explaining to their children and young teenagers about sexuality, about masturbation issues that could come up, um, and all this, all that type of things, is because the truth is, is that the young people, they learn about sexuality from many, many other sources. And this is even in the from community. And of course, if you're more, the more modern orthodox you are, the more exposed you are, the more it will be. But even in the insulated um, communities, it takes place. It's nothing's really fully insulated. And sometimes choosing not to talk to our children about these issues will not help in the idea of tzniyas. And as they'll just seep in the culture and the anti-tzniyas hashkafas of the culture, and that's what the children will, that's their source. They have no other source for sexuality. Whether right or wrong, you're going to say they shouldn't turn there. But ultimately, if they're curious about it, and it's something that's drawn, that pulls them, and they want to learn about it, they want to know about it, they're going to learn about it, and they're going to know about it. And in that, and when you have that exposure, it's going to come from a very anti-tzniyas, um, inappropriate um, sources. Therefore, it's important for the parents, you know, even when they're silent, they're basically saying, you know, you're making a statement by saying, you know, we don't talk about this. And also we're implying in a certain sense that Judaism has nothing of value to say on these topics of sexuality and of relationships. And um, we cannot fool ourselves as parents. 
And as much as we try to protect our children from viewing inappropriate material, and but we cannot be, um, the way she puts it, can't be complacent and think that they're not going to hear, see, or know anything about sexuality. Um, I've heard many stories where the parents were shocked once they discovered how much their children knew about these things or have been exposed to these things. And, you know, a lot of them had these um, children that were excellent Talmudim in Yeshiva, you know, and, and with the Yeshiva Shabbagadim and everything. And they had no clue that they were had these struggles or were pulled to things that they shouldn't, you know, that really was not right. And it, they, they looked at it as a shock. And these days, really, parents should not look at it as a shock. Um, the Yetzirah is around by all of us, and there's a lot of exposure through friends, through the internet, through shows, through books, through social media. You don't have a smartphone, you could borrow a smartphone, you could wiggle your way around a smartphone, even having a regular phone, act like a smartphone. And um, therefore, it's up to us, the parents, to talk to our children, to talk to our teenagers about it first, having the right context of it, and bringing it about, and and being very clear about it, being proactive about it, opening up the topics and these issues, even if we're not so comfortable talking about it. Because the truth is they deserve straightforward answers to their questions about sexuality. As they grow older, they'll learn about how the Torah has a positive approach on sexuality and pleasure in the appropriate framework. And um, most children are curious, teenagers are curious, and very often, if it's not discussed at all, and they, they, it leaves them thinking that they're wrong from even being curious. You see, that this is the issue. The idea of Loisasuru and Shmir Seinayim and moving your mind away from, quote-unquote, Arias, like the Rambam says, that you should remove your mind from these subjects and learn Isaac and Tyra, and that saves you from these things. All this is true, and all this is, 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 is um, absolutely true. But the point, though, is, is there's no way to deny the hormones and the natural instincts of children that they're pulled to it, and they acknowledge it, and they see it, and they need to know, they need some guidance. And um, it's very, very important. There were studies that found that teenagers whose parents talked to, to them about sexuality and about their values in regard to this will be less likely to be sexually active. In other words, some parents are worried that, you know, you're sort of uh, throwing, um, you know, f- kerosene into a fire, right? You're, what are you breaching a subject for uh, to your children or to your young teenagers if they're going to hear this for the first time from you and you're going to bring up these subjects and it was never in their mind and all of a sudden now their imagination is going to blow overboard and it's going to make things even worse and it's going to ha- lead them in the wrong path. Now, the truth be told is that there's certain ages and maturity levels where they're not yet ready to hear certain things. That's true. But when they are and they don't hear anything, it's much more damaging. And this thing, that this study, which is true, that you parents are so worried about talking about it to their children, thinking that it'll cause them to get the Yetzirah, get the better of them, it's usually not the case. Usually a mature discussion about them gives the children and young teenagers the ability to understand themselves better, to understand their bodies better, to understand without myths, without confusion. They, don't, they know what hormones are now. They're not 
feeling guilty about it, they know what to expect, and they're not going to view sexuality as bad or shameful, even though they need to actually reserve this kayach and potential for later, you know, well, later when they get married, which we discussed in previous feedbacks and previous shiurim when we were talking about the letter from Rabbi Tzachutner and the letter from the uh, Rabbi Wolba and the Ali Shur, we spoke about it at length. And um, and if you repress it and don't discuss it at all, it could haunt them, and they may not have the right mahalach, you know, when they get married. And you know, and sometimes that's saved if you're fortunate enough to have a good chassan teacher or college teacher. Um, but but um, it's important. Now the Gemara brachis, which is well known, brachis da samach beis amid aleph where Rav Kahana went into the room and laid under Rav's bed while he heard him having relations with his wife, flirting with her, so to speak. And, um, and Rav Kahana made a comment that Rav's uh, mouth seemed to be like someone who had not yet tasted the taste of food, meaning he had such a cheshik and uh, slavis for, for this maisa with his wife. And uh, Rav caught him. He says, why are you here? It's not appropriate to be here. And Rav Kahana answered, this is Taira, and I need to learn it. Taira Yivalum and I need Tzarech. So what's fascinating about this Gemara, there's no question that ideally that Rav Kahana did not do the correct thing. Rav reprimanded it for him. It was not uh, a tzniyastik, not for Rav himself, not for his wife certainly, that Rav Kahana would be under the bed, even if technically he didn't see anything inappropriate. Um, but it according to most Farshim, that that was not an appropriate thing to do, and that's not a recommended practice, obviously. But nevertheless, you know, you see, bottom line is Rav Kahana was a tzaddik. He was a, you know, a, a tremendous tzaddik, and he chose that way of learning about it, and um, you know, he he meant it l'shem shemayim. You know, and our children, when they want to know and learn about things because of their curious, they'll find many places to learn that's less uh, conducive to Kedusha than Rav and his wife. There's television, movies, internet, and friends, none of them reliable. Rav was reliable, and Rav Kana wanted to learn from him. And the fact that the Torah, that the, that the Gemara ends with Torah, he Ani Tzarech, and you don't see Rav afterwards giving him a big Musa shmuz. Maybe that happened. He told him he didn't belong there. Yes, that's true. But then when he said, you don't see from the Gemara any response, which means that at least Rav understood that you know that he, he meant it betmimistic. Not that it was the right thing to do, but he meant it betmimistic, and he wanted to learn the right way to be noyig in these situations. So that is a very important thing. And um, again, it's hard for parents. I know that because uh, it's it, it's quite uncomfortable breaching these subjects. And um, it's not true, though. When you think that by talking to teenagers about sexuality, you'll give them inappropriate ideas, not no, not certainly not necessarily, depending how you convey those ideas. And um, the truth is, boys and girls need to be educated separately separately for this, you know, and um, and so on. So, again, because most people feel uncomfortable with it, um, and, and it's understandable that people f- feel uncomfortable 
with it. And sometimes when your children ask questions, you need to be you need to purposefully be vague and not and not um, discuss things. For example, there may be point blank. You know, if you're having a discussion with your child or your young teenager. And they may bluntly ask, you know, how often do you and, uh, if the father's talking to the son or the mother's talking to the daughter, how often do you and your, and mommy or tati have these relationships and this and that? And they need to express, to say that that's a good question, but it's a very personal question. And those things are private between every husband, every wife, and and parent, you know, and, and teenagers, even have, once they understand that obviously they're, parents are having an intimate life, they know that it's a part of their lives that they don't share with anybody else. And then when they get married, they'll know the same thing, that when they have their own wives and they become parents, when they become intimate, it's going to be their private thing. So they could deflect that, and they should deflect that, saying, I, I, you know, I'm not going to discuss on a personal level those type of things, but I will tell you in general, as general things about these concepts, that is important for you to know. And, um, but so, so, so there you have that sort of, uh, balance between, um, you know, when they ask a question, not being upset at them, but just saying, you know, this is something that's not, you know, that's private, that's, you know, but we're not trying to hide anything from you. And we're nevertheless trying to explain what we need to explain. And, um, so for example, the idea you know, at a certain age, that it's none of our children's business to know when us, the parents, are going to the mikvah, when the wife's going to the mikvah. But the idea that there's a concept of mikvah for women, for Taras HaMeshpacha, and the whole cycle and so on, that's important for them to know. Truth be told, is that if someone is an Erlich Hayid, a good bacher, even at, at a young age, and he he's smart and he's nine, ten, eleven, twelve, by his bar mitzvah. If he's a if he's a real learner and he means things ernst and he learns every every chumish with every rashi with most basic gemaras and basic rashis, they pretty much have a pretty much solid communi- um you know understanding of sexuality because it's 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 all over the place in chumish and rashi. You know, you you can't escape it. So they already know. So, but a lot of them don't, and a lot of them things could be misunderstood, and that's why it requires explanation. So, now, people will ask, and this is an interesting question, what happens if you share that information too early, you know? Uh, you know, there's no point in it. That That's the issue with the, such a twisted uh, generation now, where they believe there should be sex education at such a young age when they're in first grade, second grade, like totally ridiculous, far, far before puberty age there's no point in it and they, they have their own theories where babies come from uh you know or an alien out of space or they take a pill or who knows what you know whatever the concept is it's, it's it makes no sense it's not the time yet when is the right time that's a hard thing to say everyone's different um things about masturbation also i know that there's some again we're, not, we're just talking the subject through here because i know that it's you could see many, many angles and sides to it. But she brings that it's clear that study after study shows that when you educate at the right time about sexuality to your children and to your young teenagers, it does not make people more sexually active. It does not. 
In other words, so this thing that you're worried that you'll say something that will trigger your son or daughter to go and become sexually, you know, exposing themselves and, and doing crazy things is, is not the case. When you do it the right way and you educate the right way, usually that information is a deterrent. It teaches them to be responsible about it. And um, so, so, so that's an important thing to know also. That seems counterproductive. Uh, you know, you think you're, you're, you're causing damage by explaining it. And the idea of masturbation is an interesting story. Now, most teenage boys, when they hit uh, 13, 14, certainly 15, some even before that, may struggle with masturbation. So you may not even know it yet as a parent, um, but um, sometimes you will know because of some physical evidence uh, thereof from laundry, um, whatever it is. But sometimes you may not know. And... um, and there's a small percentage of boys, even that age of 13, 14, who may not yet know. They haven't developed it. They didn't know yet. So the question is, is when to tell them about it? So that's an interesting question. But I would think in many, many cases, if they're the, close to that age um, and, um, and, and you say something like this, near by mitzvah age or a little after by mitzvah age, or when you sense... Pretty much talking about a boy now that they're hitting a point where they're starting to hit the puberty and you know and develop and whatever it is that you basically explain to them you don't know you know if you you experienced this before or you didn't experience this before, but this could happen things things that we've talked about in the shur when we discussed that al ali shur that it's a normal part of the process of the body. Yes, there are halachas about it. Yes, there's a union of zera lavatola that you have to be very careful about, and you have to be honest about that, and um, and um, and to make people aware, but they shouldn't become shocked or shouldn't, because some of them actually become traumatized and shocked with their own body functioning uh, in that way, and they, they think that there's something wrong with them. And, um, you know... There's a story here that's very, very sad in a way, where a, a girl, a, fifth, a, a 16-year-old girl, uh, uh, basically went to the bathroom and there was a girl there, whatever the age is, crying her head off because she thought she was bleeding to death. You know, She had a first period. So you know, those type of things are important. Otherwise, it could be quite traumatic. So it's important to know that there's certain things. Here's the issue. You don't want to bring up things, but there's certain things very normal. Sometimes young children will be curious with each other's bodies and they want to satisfy their curiosity and they'll do their own research on themselves or their friends. That's not pathological behavior. That's curious, normal behavior in some children. And it's normal for boys, whether they're religious or not religious, whether they're from a terror education or not to have a terror education, they will have a... I'll just say it bluntly, they'll, they'll have an erection or, or they'll, you know, they'll be sexually aroused when they spend time with, with girls that they find attractive. And, it, and boys fantasize about girls. And it's normal that some boys struggle with masturbation and strum, some boys do not struggle with masturbation. And it's normal um, for boys and girls both to become more self-conscious about their changing bodies and the way they're concerned about their looks and all this, I think, is very important to, to, to them to be aware of a little, a little before this happens to them. Because what you're doing at that point is you're normalizing the struggles. 
that are going to take place in normal behaviors. And um, we need to basically give them pride in that. Part of it also, by the way, is to explain to them that the strictures that the terror places on us, the separate uh, separations, the mechitzas, the, 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 you know, the kedushas enayim and so on, is a high expectation of behavior, but it's something that we should take pride in as self-control and as Anche Kodesh in the male-female relationship reserved, Mir Tashem, for real marriage. And um, that's a very important point to know. So sometimes what, what you basically could do is earlier than that age, you talk a little bit about it, you can explain these things are going to happen, these are normal, you're going to have these feelings and you're going to have these urges, and you need to know that to feel, to have these urges doesn't mean you're a bad person, doesn't mean that you're pathological, doesn't mean there's something wrong with you, doesn't mean that your tire is worthless, doesn't mean that you're not an Ehrlich girl, you know, when you have certain feelings, you know, and you're davening three times a day, so how could I all of a sudden have these feelings or these, you know, whatever it is, you need to know that this is part of the physical, what Hashem made it, and it's, there's nothing really wrong with it in and of itself. You just, Hashem does require, the Torah requires you to use borders and to use, um, you know, Hagadaris to know how to control it and to know how to direct it in the right way. So all these concepts are all very important. So even though we did not you know, give clear instruction here, because it's impossible to give clear instruction, and again, everyone has their own mentor, their own Rebbe, their own uh, guidance on how to go about bringing out these um, situations and, and to discuss it. But, um, you know, and um, I admit, I, I, I learned as I got older and I got better with it with my younger children than with my older children when I felt awkward about it. But ultimately, over the, cor- over the time, and again, I acknowledge it's uncomfortable. It's be- you know, people do not like talking about these things. And, um, but the idea, again, and especially in this dirt, to say you're opening up a can of worms, that's not the case. Or that you're opening up uh, triggers uh, that they'll go who knows what, also not the case. They need the guidance, they need the direction, they probably know more than you think they know anyway. And very often describing to them what the normal thing is, you're not condoning um, the lack of Shmir Seinayim, you're not condoning giving in to your sexual impulses. But what you are doing is you're acknowledging the truth of Hashem put it in the Teva and in the Bria, that that's what it is, and that's why it needs a required shmirah, and that's why it is, and it is ultimately a positive thing when it's used in the right context, metzashem, between a husband and wife when they marry, and in the meantime, to utilize their kaychis and to channel it in the best way possible to create those separate standards and to, um, you know, to create that separation between the, the boys and the girls and the men and the ladies, and to be shoyim and and all that. And the shoyim and actually enhances that when ultimately there is a marriage in the right time, that it becomes one of the most beautiful things in the world. So um, so we're going to discuss more about this th- subject. This is more uh, uh, a hagdama to it. But it is a very important subject. Again, and um, sometimes we may feel we don't know 
so we could learn how to go about it and how to explain it and whatever it is. But this idea, though, is very important that boys and girls at young ages, teenagers, there's such exposure these days to all these types of things. And ultimately, they're going to have a friend, even in the most isolated, isolated communities, there are always these outliers. They'll they'll throw at you. You never saw anything in your life. All of a sudden, throw, someone will throw at you a smartphone or whatever. You'll see an image and whatever it is, and and it will be shocking at first, and they'll be drawn to it. While if you have a parent that explains these things to the child, to a teenager, or even if they're you know after already they're they're old you know older teenager also, but especially when they're younger to say you know these things may not have come about yet but it will happen this is a general progression where the hormones kick in and there's puberty and then the zera by a man and then by the woman also there's things where the sexual feelings come come about and you should expect that that attack to, to take place and that's why you need a special shmira and that's why you need to remain an erlichayid but it doesn't mean that you're a bad person it just means that you need to know how to control it and direct it in the right way and usually with these conversations, they have the seed, they have that information that will make them a lot more calmer about all this and will make their struggle a lot easier. They'll feel a lot less alone. And, um, you know, may Hashem help that everyone should have siyat deshmaya to do what is right, to say what is right. Again, people may disagree and say, all through the diaries, and there were many, many, many that never discussed anything. You know, you, you, know, you learn as you go along. But I think especially in this door, uh, where children are naturally curious, teenagers are naturally curious, they're always going to ask these questions anyway, that you nip it in the bud and have these honest, frank conversations with your ch- children, young teenagers, and, and, and as they go along, and never hide from these subjects with them. That's a general rule. Not only this subject, by the way, of sexuality, but all difficult subjects that they may be feel embarrassed to talk about. Depressing thoughts, maybe suicidal thoughts, uh, uh, other types of fantasies in their heads or their dreams, aspirations that it's very easy for a parent, especially if they're caught in the wrong mood, to just get angry or think, you know, you're being ridiculous. But they need to talk about it. And you need to allow them to talk about any subject as long as you talk about it with the Derech Eretz in the right way, you could oh, come to us with any subject. We may not know the answers. And the parents don't have to act like God. They could acknowledge, I don't know everything, and I make mistakes along the way, but let's have the conversation. And it's very important to do that. Have a wonderful day.